Welcome to The Lineup. I'm Ben Ruvo. And I'm Max Ruvo. And we're your co-hosts. This is a podcast all about school, sports, and mental health. College athletes have a lot on their plates. Amidst it all, mental well-being often gets forgotten. We want to change that. We'll bring on athletes, coaches, advocates, and doctors to help us get to the bottom of social stigma and inspire change. The lineup is produced in partnership with the Made of Millions Foundation, a mental health advocacy nonprofit on a mission to change how the world perceives mental health. Check them out at madeofmillions.com. Also brought to you by The Hidden Opponent, a student-athlete mental health advocacy organization who empowers athletes to face the hidden opponent together. Learn more at thehiddenopponent.com and at The Hidden Opponent on all social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in and being part of the conversation. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the lineup. Next, we have University of Denver gymnast Alexis Vasquez. I'm really excited to have Alexis come on. For those who followed the Open Mind Gym page before The Hidden Opponent, she was one of my first ever guests and stories. So I'm really excited for it. She's a University of Denver gymnast. She's a, she's a great person. She's a great gymnast. She was featured on ESPN and recorded the first perfect score of the decade. So this is one you're not going to want to miss. Hey, Alexis, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. Nice to hear from you again. I know that uh, for the listeners who don't know this, Alexis was an OG with Open Mind Gym originally. Now that we're over on the Hidden Opponent, she's she's been with us forever. So we're excited to have her back on the show, and we're going to get started with our first segment, and Max, we it's love my, this segment. My my favorite segment, of course, as Ben likes to share every time we do this. Every every time we do this, I like to share. It is Max's favorite segment. So Max, ask the first question. Ask away. All right. So we'll start with some icebreakers we like to do with our guests. So my first question, I don't think I've ever asked this question before, so it's a little more unique. Um, so your favorite movie genre, if you had to choose, and within that movie genre, what's your favorite movie? Um, I would say my favorite movie genre is probably like thriller or horror film. Nice. And I would say probably Purge election year. Oh, oh. Ben and I are, are big horror movie. Uh, we're big horror movie junkies. Um, Halloween is one of our favorite holidays. So. Same. I agree. I think, I think horror is the best genre. And if I were to choose a horror movie that. I like, so it's not, they're not that scary, but I like it, the it series, Stephen King oh, one. Oh, yeah, that's good too. Yeah. It's not that scary though, but it's just a good, just like a good plot and movie and everything. And then the Sinister, Sinister series is really good. And then yeah, Insidious, but what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it isn't scary. Like there are scary scenes to the movie. It is a clown coming out of the sewer trying to kill young kids. So I, I would say, like, maybe not to you, but to, to the average person, the movie's not not scary. That's true. That's true. The, the second one was kind of creepier, I guess. Yeah. But Insidious is the scariest horror movie of all time. That's that's a known fact. The Conjuring's up there as well. The Conjuring. It's a good one. Ben, uh, hop into okay. the next question. All right. So... This is just. This isn't like a pick your favorite. This is kind of just like a random question. How's the air quality in Denver? Is it is it that different? Um, I've never been to Denver. <laughs> I know it's like. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Like coming from California, I was like, 
it's definitely like harder to breathe once we're doing cardio and things like that. <laughs> but I mean, I never got like elevation sickness or anything, so I adjusted pretty well. Nice, nice. I've never been, so I, I've just heard that it's it's tough there. Playing conditions can be a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it helps us like when we do travel to other places, it's easier to breathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's probably to your benefit. Yeah. Puts you at an advantage, yeah, against other teams. All right, so Ben, let's. You want to get into the interview? Yeah, sure. So this is just a basic question. Just explain to us your athletic career growing up until today, and how did you get where you are as a college athlete? So I started gymnastics when I was six, um, and I started in California. And then once I was around eleven years old, I moved to Iowa to train at um, Child's Gymnastics to train like elite and hopefully. Um, make national team and things like that. So I trained there for around four years. And during that time, I made national team. Um, and then I decided that a bunch of factors went into this. And I decided that I didn't, like, it wasn't in my heart to do elite anymore or, like, try for the Olympics and things like that. Um, I wanted to focus on my own mental health more than um, just some trophy basically so I did drop down back to uh, level 10 and I did that in Iowa for a little bit and then moved back to California and trained level 10 there with um, at winners gymnastics which was really great it was probably the first time I've ever had an actual team um, so that was really cool and everyone wasn't like just going like for their own thing like it was an actual team so that was really uh cool and then eventually um after i moved back to california i moved to denver and started training um with the team and yeah now i'm here yeah that's pretty awesome um that you made the national team and you know you accomplished those goals and realized that maybe it wasn't like for you like that level and you wanted to focus more on your mental health so i think that's that's a really cool experience. Um, mm -hmm. Can you like give us some more insight on your mental health experiences and what you went through and what happened? Uh-huh. So um, with gymnastics, if you are on the national team, you have to go to camp in Texas every month. So I would go with only my coach, Chow, and maybe one other girl. And we would go there every month. It was, I, I'm, I hated it. <laughs> um, it was just isolated. There was just trees around. All you did was go to your room, go to gym, go back. Like that was it. Um, practice was very intense. Um, it was just dead silent. And we were just, it just felt like we were there as gymnasts and not as people at all. Like they didn't care about you like as a person at all. Um, you were just there standing in line um, that you got yelled at corrections. You better fix it right there. Um, it was very intense and I did not enjoy it at all. I remember like being younger and just like crying and I'm like just like mom don't don't put me on the plane <laughs> like but like she knew what my goals were so um I that's something like I had to do but eventually like 
things got like too intense and like the things being told to you in front of other people um, really breaks you down. <laughs> um, that was not a good experience. And I realized like, this is not what I want to do. This is like, it's not worth it. At that point, I was so broken down. I didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. Um, I was like, it's the sport, like I'm done. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to disappoint like my coaches and my parents and everyone else. So I kind of continued doing elite for a whole nother year. Um, and then I finally made national team and everyone was like, oh, you want to keep going, right? And I'm like, no, I made national team. Like I'm done. Like you said <laughs> that I had one more year and I could be done. And they thought I would want to keep going. And I was like, nope, I'm finally done. Um, so yeah, my mother kind of convinced me to go back to level 10 instead of just quitting the sport. And um, I'm glad she did because then I wouldn't be here at DU and met so many great people and actually feel like what it's like to compete with a team. And it's so much better than elite and just everyone for themselves. Yeah, this this kind of reminds me of the documentary that just came out, uh, Weight of Gold. I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen it yet. It's all about the Olympics and it's about uh, it's about athletes, about going through like what the Olympics is actually like and the struggle and and all the pressures that come with, you know, competing at that level. So that's what that kind of remind me of. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's really, really good and really deep. So whoever's listening and Alexis, you, you everyone should probably watch that. I'm going to watch it eventually. But yeah, I heard I, I heard it's great. It's about the Olympics and kind of the pressure that comes with it. Mm -hmm. um, and also another question I have off of. What you said, so you made it to that level and you decided to drop down. Mm -hmm. uh, did you feel a weight off your shoulder? How did you feel like when you were when you dropped down that level? Did you feel like you were competing almost better? Were you kind of that big fish in the smaller pond at that point, like kind of excelling? Um, yeah, I felt initially I felt a lot of regret, not because I still wanted to do elite, but because everyone around me wanted me to. So I felt like I was like letting a lot of people down. Um, so that was not easy, but like being with my mom, like she would constantly tell me like, it doesn't matter what other people think, like you're doing this for yourself. And that took a long time for me to like really fully absorb. But once I did and I went back to level 10, um, it was definitely an adjustment because of the way I, trained as an elite um i was still doing elite things so, so to speak such as like i wouldn't talk unless spoken to not you know making eye contact whenever spoken to but then like looking away quickly like that i had to like get rid of all of that and that took a lot to like train out of me um so that was its own process as well but once i was like fully like accepted that I was just a level 10 and like I could talk to coaches, talk to my teammates, like have a say in what skills I wanted to try. It was so, it was so much fun. Like I definitely found the love for the sport again after dropping down. 
Yeah, definitely. And that seems awesome. And I think that maybe being in a team environment was, was better for you individually. I'm not saying it's better for everybody because there are people I'm sure that do the elite and do it and enjoy it or like want to take it to the next level, but it's not for everybody always. And I think that once people realize or athletes realize like you're doing it for yourself and you don't have to do it to make other people happy. Like I remember my first year of college baseball, I came to college and I was like, okay, like, I have to play well. People at home are expecting me to play well. If, if they look up my stats, I'm not playing well, and it just puts extra weight and pressure on you. So I think when, like, students and families decide, like, you know, this is for myself and it's not what other people think and you're content with that, then you're just so much happier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and for the listeners who don't know the difference, what, what are the different levels for gymnastics? Like, what does level 10 mean? What does elite mean? And like, what's the differences? So it go, there's levels like one through 10. And then, so, I mean, all college gymnasts are, have at least been like level 10s. Um, 10 is like the top level. And then elite is when you want to start doing um, like national team or international competitions or Olympics, like it's elite. And then you uh, get assigned, you know, um, to Italy or um, competitions like that. Um, so yeah, so there are a few like college gymnasts. There are quite a few that have been elites in the past, um, but yeah, it just goes 10 and then elite if you wanna do like higher level things basically. <laughs> okay, okay, that's interesting. Um, so when you decided that it wasn't for you, I know that this year you were the first mistake Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the first gymnast to score a perfect score of the new year, correct? Yeah, yeah. So how was that? How was that feeling to start the year off like that after all your tough decision-making, going to college, kind of getting adjusted this next year, you hit that spot. What was the feeling like there? Um, I It felt, like, incredible to get, like, the first 10 of the decade. I was so, so excited, and looking back like even now like it hasn't been that long but i realized like i couldn't i definitely couldn't have done that without being in the correct like the better like mental state that i was in like at that point like even when i got on the beam that day like i wasn't focused anymore on being perfect i was like oh well it's okay if you make a mistake and then like things ended up really well (laughs) um getting that 10 and whatnot and i couldn't have done that if i had that mentality like i did in a leap like oh my god don't make a mistake like you're gonna get yelled at so i getting basically getting the 10 was just like cherry on top like i wasn't thinking about that at all i hope that eventually i would get a 10 on beam that was a goal but i was not i was more focused on the process and not the outcome and i think that's what eventually like got me to the outcome i wanted yeah and i think that all is trickles down from like the fear of failure and the fear of messing up and once you kind of accept that failure is part of it and it's okay to fail and you know, in every sport, everybody fails. It's how you get stronger. Once you accept that reality, it kind of, it makes you stronger in general because you're not as tense, you're, you're looser, you're performing better. And I think that's a direct correlation to success, accepting that that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think such a big thing in sports and any sport is when fear of failure takes over instead of being just happy for the opportunity you have to show yourself. 
it um it can take a it can take more on an athlete than most people think because like stepping in the batter's box, like playing soccer, shooting a, a penalty kick, being a gymnast, being a gymnast and doing like the beam routine. I think that so many times in, in the back of your head, if you, if you fear failure, that's the number one thing you're thinking about when you're doing it. So you, you'll fail more often instead of being like, hey, I'm given this awesome opportunity to show what I can do. Like, let's do this type of mentality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I definitely agree with that. And I saw when you originally shared your story with us um, a little while later, ESPN ended up picking up the story. Mm-hmm. So was that something planned or was that just out of the blue? Did they find your story or how, how did that work out? Like that's, that's, that's amazing how you were able to use your platform to get, uh, talk, to get the conversation and talk about your own experience on ESPN like that. Yeah. So I did not like reach out to them at all. Um, I think it was done through um, our media person at DU, like contacted through her. And then um, she let me know of the news and I was like, wow, like that's incredible. So um, it was a great experience. It was amazing. And I couldn't have hoped for anything better, honestly. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to say that Open Mind Gym helped you get to that ESPN level. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You guys were but, um, ones to pick up my story, so I am grateful for that. No, yeah, of course, of course. I was just messing around, but uh, we really appreciate you reaching out. And I think that, um, in general, how was how was the response to your story being told from your teammates, from people you know? How was the response when it was eventually on ESPN? Were people reaching out? How was the? How was that? Um, it was. So I really originally didn't think that um many people would reach out to me i don't know like i wasn't expecting much i didn't think of like the outcome of it um but i did get like through instagram a lot of people were dming me like oh like we love the story and like even other college gymnasts reached out to me and and talked to me about like how they are going through the same thing and i i was i was glad that i was able to tell a story that like brought people to me so I could try to help them in any way I could. Like, even if it's, if that's just being a friend, um, I try to do that with a lot of people that DM'd me, um, just help them out or just talk to them as a friend. Um, that was really great. That put me in a great place and I, I was just grateful that I could help them. So that happened quite a bit. And then also um, my teammates were very supportive of it. And my coaches were incredibly supportive. Um, and just like friends I have around campus, they um, very supportive. Um, and then people I didn't even know, like even friends I've had for a year or so that were struggling with their own mental health issues would open up to me about it. And in ways that like I never knew, like they just kept it so bottled up. And I'm so glad that me telling my story allowed them to feel more comfortable even talking to me as a friend about their own mental health yeah definitely i think the most rewarding part is is people you know helping people and like people you don't even know just mm-hmm. messaging you and being like wow like your story really helped me i think that's kind of why we share our stories is to help others and and help you know end that societal pressure about mental health and I think that the, definitely the most rewarding thing is getting those responses from the strangers. Like, oh, I was struggling, but your story helped me. And I'm sure 
you can definitely relate to that. And it's, it's such a rewarding thing. And it's so great that you shared your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think there's more athletes than everybody thinks struggling mentally because being an athlete, it's such a mentally draining process sometimes to go through failures so often as athletes do. And it just builds like people up and to become more sh- and to become stronger essentially through their experiences. So bouncing off of bouncing off of that, do you have any advice for athletes that may be going through similar um, similar struggles or challenges in their careers? I would say the biggest thing that I needed to hear and that I needed to fully absorb and understand was that like, it's okay not being perfect. Like you don't have to be perfect. It's like, for example, that Beamer team where I got a 10 on, I didn't feel like it was perfect, <laughs> but it, I got a 10, that's a perfect score. So what I'm saying is that once you stop focusing on perfection, that's when you do your best. and like you get closest to perfection is what I'm saying. So that's what I needed to hear. And I, hopefully that I can help someone else. Yeah, definitely. I think like we said before, you know, that fear of failure and trying to be perfect could end up hurting you in the long run because you're constantly putting so much pressure on yourself that at the end of the day, you can't perform if you're not loose and, and relaxed. And that's a, that's a big thing in all sports. So this is, this is just my last question is uh, what do you think schools and coaches could do to address uh, this issue more and address their student athletes? Um, I feel like, especially with coaches, there needs to be a more open conversation um, with like all coaches. Like I could have highly benefited from like an open conversation when I was in club gymnastics, like before college. Um, but even in college, like, I feel like the coaches need to be educated on this type of thing and how it can affect their athletes, gymnasts, whatever. Um, Because they want the best for their athletes and sometimes they need to go about it a different way other than like traditional ways um, of getting that out of their athletes. And I feel like just having them be more educated on the topic and getting rid of like the stigma of, oh, should I ask this or not? Um, I feel like that would greatly benefit so many athletes and just create an open space for communication. Yeah, I agree. I definitely yeah. agree. Um, I think what, I think it's very important to have that, um, that relationship with your coach where you're comfortable talking to them about problems you're going through or struggles you are going through mentally. And I think that society used to say, you know, your coach is, your coach, he'll be tough on you. You know, as an athlete, you're expected to always be really tough and perform at the best level, but everybody's human at the end of the day. And when you can have that relationship with your coach, they can help you through these struggles and get the best out of you even more than you thought you were capable of. So I think that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on, Alexis. Um, We wish you luck this year. I know with the uncertainty of the year, hopefully you guys get a sit in. But we really enjoyed this. I know that I learned a lot from your story. I learned about all the different levels of gymnastics and, and the different pressures. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Alexis. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. It was great. And that was Alexis Vasquez from the University of Denver. I really enjoyed this one. I learned a lot about gymnastics that I didn't know initially. I think her story speaks volumes for athletes. She was trying to get to that elite level. She got there was not happy in her situation and kind of self-reflected and did what was best for her. I think it's a powerful message for all of us. 
Touching off what Ben just mentioned, I think one of the most important things Alexis talked about today was doing what was best for her and not what society wanted her to do or what her friends or anyone else expected her to do. She wanted to do what made her happy. And I think as an athlete, that's something everyone goes through or anybody in their everyday life. When making a decision, you have to do what's best for yourself and what puts yourself in the best situation. So Alexis was awesome. We learned a lot. She's a great guest, and we're happy you guys enjoyed. Yeah, another thing I'd like to touch base on is her talking about perfectionism and how it's okay not to be perfect. Once you accept that fear of failure, it's a lot easier to be loose and perform better. You kind of have to get past that in all sports. I know in our sport, and particularly in baseball, it's something that all athletes struggle with, fearing failure, but you have to kind of recognize that, accept it, and move forward. So we thank Alexis for coming on, and stay tuned for next week.